That's a sports ball. Sports Com- ball. Coming to you from the Sports Ball Studios. You are now listening to the Small Monster Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Small Market Podcast with your host, Watucky and Hoffman, coming to you from the the Chemical City at Sportsball Studios. Watucky, how are we doing now? Oh, we're doing awesome, Hoffman. We're, we're doing, doing, we're doing Hoffman awesome. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. Just learning my words at 1030 at night. Wonderful. That's Hoffman. That's Hoffman for you. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Awful. How was your weekend, man? Amazing, because you and that I... That was rhetorical. No, I'm just kidding. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no like, go ahead. Oh, I don't want to hear about any of it. No, you and I went to Livonia, Michigan. We went to meet Joe Dumars, and uh, that was pretty freaking cool. That was... It, 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 I, you want to explain your experience meeting it was, Joe D, and then I will try to gather my thoughts in the meantime it was, and explain my experience. It was religious. Um, yeah. I think it was the whole day, though, Hoffman. It started out getting there early and seeing a huge line and being like, damn, we got to wait. And I'm not a patient person, but I would wait for Joe Dumars. And you're like, well, why don't we just get our tickets? Why don't we walk around? And I'm like, where are we going with this, Hoffman? And you're like, why don't we go to Bar Louie? And so then we kill the entire wait time having a couple of drinks at the bar. Mm-hmm. And by the time we're done, we walk right up and we're the second person in line. Yeah. I, I mean, it was it was almost magical how perfectly it worked out. Joe was super nice. Mm-hmm. Took some pictures with us. Um, well, and just, you had to go to the bathroom, oh, and I thought, oh, we're going to miss our opportunity to miss Joe D, you know? And it was, a, you came back just in time, and I had my cards out. You got your jersey and your poster, and we were, it was it was awesome. It was, it was like perfect timing. I wish we could do that every weekend, you know? It was just, yeah. just so cool. Alan so. Trammell coming up on the 19th. Looking forward to that for sure. That'll be a good time. But anyways, we uh, we met Joe Dumars. We went down to Detroit. We had a good time. We went to a brewery. We hung out. You know, yeah, it just, was it was a yeah. really nice Sunday. It was really nice yeah, for sure. Like a lot of times when we get together, Hoffman, we're like so focused on the podcast or content and this and that and the other thing. And this was just like a we hey, just leave, had fun. Yeah, yeah, leave work at work, and we're just gonna go enjoy the day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what happened this week? The headlines. The headlines. Oh, my God. I mean, if you follow our show at all, if you're listening at all, if there's anyone out there, uh, you know that we haven't put one out in a couple of weeks. So I wouldn't say they're recent headlines, but there's there's some headlines, some relevant information that we haven't really discussed. We just didn't feel like there was no show to be had, was there? There wasn't. It was kind of a lull. It wasn't a ton. I mean... We had just come off the Dennis Gilbert show. Yeah, which was a big high. Which was a big high for a big interview. 
And you had during that same time, you had all those all the breaking news of people moving around. You know, Russell Westbrook going to L.A. Like all this news, and then all of a sudden, the next week was like no guest and nothing happening, we've, and it was just like blah. We've kind of been biding our time for football to come up, and that that's been yeah. a, that's been a big thing. College football and pro football has been they're they've been lulling through their pros their preseason. Yeah, um, I was kind of having a mental breakdown. I really, I don't know if I wanted to have a, another show, and um, yeah, it was just, it didn't seem like a, didn't seem like something that I wanted to, to um, not the podcast is something. Don't get me wrong, this is, the podcast is something that like I look forward to every week, like I really do. <laughs> Wataki's mm-hmm. having like a big swig of beer. He's like, "Yeah, I just got oh, let's get a, let's get this ready." You're gonna want to sit down for this. Oh my god! But yeah, I mean, um, as far as like music goes and all my other uh, artistic endeavors go, all that stuff, I I was I was a little depressed. But um, the uh, the small market podcast is something that, like I really really look forward to every single week. We record it every week and. Wataki's been unbelievably patient. It has nothing to do with him. It, it was, it was just like I wanted to make sure we had a good show. Yeah, because if we're not putting out a good yeah. product, we're doing it a service to ourselves, exactly and to the listeners. Right, and between like having the signing with Joe Dumars and the guests that we have on this week. Super inspiring. Yeah, and well, why don't you tell our listeners who the guest is? Yeah, the guest this week is uh, is uh, Darian Harris from the Spartans, Michigan State. He is the director of player development, player engagement, right? player engagement. Thank you. And we talked to him a little bit about like what does that job entail? Um, what is what is his relationship with Mel Tucker and the players and. Um, he was also a he was a captain on the Big Ten championship team. Yeah, he won multiple Big Ten yeah, championships. In what twenty fifteen, uh, right? Twenty yeah, twenty fourteen. I think it was Se- his senior year. He was co captain. Right. Yeah, and he was a he was a big part of that. Yeah, I think he was a captain on the Rose Bowl team. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. And he had an assist on that final tackle yep. to seal the deal for the Spartans there. Which, uh, that's an iconic thing in Michigan sports history mm-hmm. for pe- people that, that don't, people. a lot of people don't realize that. Anyways, we didn't focus on that too much. We talked about what his role is with the team today, with the Spartans today, and how he interacts with the uh, with um, young Spartans uh, on the team today. It, it was just, it was a really good interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wataki and I just felt really, really confident about this one. And um, yeah, it's going to be pretty inter- entertaining. And uh, it's, I, I feel like it's important to like do a show if it's, if it makes sense to you, if right. you feel it. But if you don't feel it, if there's not, if there's nothing there, there's no sense in putting out a half-ass. Yeah, there's half-ass no sense show. putting out a half-ass show. And every show, I think it's important to know that every show that we've had, like you know, one through seventy-seven or seventy-eight, we've 
we've believed in and felt confident about and that's why we've put them out and we're starting up again and we feel confident about these ones too so i mean this is this is a fantastic show and i'm really happy to be back and doing this thing and yeah this is awesome all right well let's get into those headlines hoffman over the break tops lost their license with major league baseball you yourself are a huge sports collector. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Oh man, where do I where, even start? Where with the this? hell does Tops go from here? I mean, like, I, I got a couple of questions for you. Some, yeah, I could do a three-hour show on this. But well, anyways, give me five solid minutes. Okay, so the... give me five hard ones. <laughs> what? So since give you five hard ones, I That's could do I, that. I don't mean to go. Yeah, my yeah, you asked for it. Uh, so since 1952... Um, Tops has had the license for for baseball. So there's been a lot of iconic rookie cards. A lot of it, it's almost delved into the. I hate to get sentimental about it, but like it's it's delved into the realm of calling it art. So in the last yeah. like what seventy years, you could say like there's been the Mickey Mantle rookie card. The to the Fernando Tatis rookie card, the, to the the all these iconic Reggie Jackson cards, these the the Al Kaline complete player, oh, you know, complete player run of I've collected that entire run of hit his playing career. Mm-hmm. Willie Mays, all of his cards, just like what else? I, it's, I'm missing so much. There's 52. There's 70 years of of cards that we're missing out on that uh, Tops has been a part of and had the license to and had the uh, for people that don't don't understand to have the license of Major League Baseball is to be able to put the logos yeah of these player these players teams on the card on the baseball card mm-hmm. so that so they have been the flagship card uh, since 1952 of major league baseball if you want if you ever wanted a, a baseball card of a certain player since 1952 you tops is like the standard yeah tops is you the go standard. get a tops That's card the flagship card yeah of any player from the last 70 years you know you want roberto alomar or you know miguel cabrera or pete rose or willie mays or al kaline or mickey mantle any of these guys you got a tops rook, a tops card yeah. of those guys. Yeah, that's what you took to a signing. Yeah, that's, that's what you took to a signing. It's that's like what synonymous you up with at a, baseball. A card show. Yeah, exactly. So it is. It's uh, it's like, what's the opposite of groundbreaking? It's almost detrimental. This what see, happened? Yeah, yeah, to see another company take it over. Any other company. It could be Nike. It could be anything. It's going to feel cheap. It feels cheap. Yeah. So, and it, you just want to, you just want to hope that 
you know that that company does the previous company justice it's like it's like inheritance you know yeah i don't know that i can really i i want to put this delicately but do it justice it's like inheritance or it's like okay wataki your grandmother is passing away she's got this big company that she's run for 70 years she's passing it on to you now are you going to continue to carry the flag or are you going to sell it off to some company overseas some company, and you know some, yeah somebody's going to buy you out or yeah and it doesn't matter who the company is you're going right. to sell it to whatever and they're they're going to take it over and just do whatever they want with it you know mm-hmm. who what who knows what they they're going to do with it or what they they want to do with it it's it's their company now you have no say in it there's no autonomy it's completely out of your hands out of your, out of your control what do you what do you think Wataki? and I what just, are your questions i just think it's gonna be well what do i think i think it's gonna be weird i think it's gonna be weird going to the card shop and being like hey give me a pack of fanatics chrome well, uh, you know what okay. I mean. So, so, what I think is going to happen. Let me stop you right there. What I think is going to happen is fanatics. Fanatics is going to ultimately buy out that brand, the name. Tops, they're they're going to the buy name, the naming rights, and they're they'll just slap that name on it. I don't know how great of a product it's. We don't. We have no idea. It just happened. So. But I think they're going to buy that company out because there's no value in. Trying to start yeah. up a new one, yeah, or the top's name outside of that. So, go ahead. What, I'm sorry. Well, where do you think top go? Tops goes from here. I mean, they sell. other than just laying everyone off, and no, I think that I think they just they just sell their name to fanatics because it's hopefully fanatics understands the tradition of like from 1952 to now. Like you can't can't screw with that okay Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term you can't screw with from 1952 to 2021 and just be like yep not gonna be tops anymore you're not gonna have a flagship product it's just gonna be it's gonna be fanatics 2022 or 2024 whatever whenever the license comes up it yeah, people will buy it, but give it a little bit of preservation or give it a little Have bit of... Have some respect for yeah, history, exactly. God damn it! Like, And that's the thing for me. Baseball is... If you're a baseball fan, it's all about numbers, statistics, and the history of the game. What do they always talk about? Baseball purists. No, no other sport is anybody like... Well, yeah, you know all those uh, tennis purists. Yeah, exactly. Or those bowling purists. It's like... Or those foot, even those football purists, like it's not really a no, it's thing. Baseball, but when everybody talks about a sport being a purist in a sport, it's it's always baseball that it gets mentioned. Yeah, and it's like they hold on to their history a ton, and it's like, man, I don't know, dude. Like these are the cards that your dad collected. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly back in the fit, the sixties and stuff. I mean, tops, tops has been the brand, you know, and this is. No sponsorship or anything. That's just been that's the 
they're the it, brand. It's the standard. Yeah. You know? so it, it's beyond a brand. It's it's a standard. That's what's it is. what's there, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Moving on, staying with baseball. Javi Baez with the Mets, giving everyone the thumbs down. Hoffman is a Mets fan. I don't know if you ever went to Shea. I mean, I, I know you did, but like, oh, did you ever boo the team? And if yeah. you did, what would what would you do if one of the players was giving you the thumbs down every time every time they were successful, like well, a big fu? I certainly never booed the team, and I've oh, certainly okay. been through enough. Uh, I've <laughs> bad been through seasons? enough bad seasons and bad players that that um, you felt like, oh, they weren't... Tr- it's As a Mets fan, you automatically feel like... It's not that, oh, they're just having a rough season or having a rough time. You felt you always felt like they weren't trying hard enough. You know? Is, do you think that's how the Mets fans feel never, now? Never as a Tigers fan did I go, oh, Travis Fryman is not trying hard enough. Cecil Fielder is not trying hard. It's just yeah, but obviously they don't watch Tony Phillips. Doing, Bobby Higginson is not doing his job. Even Juan Gonzalez. You, no, you Juan never felt like nope. Juan Gonzalez is a guy I will say probably phoned it in half the time. That's an exception. He didn't want to be but there. But even often. then, as a hardcore Tigers fan, I still gave him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, now Juan's probably trying his best. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but if he were a Met, he he would have gotten. They would have stoned him in the parking lot. It's just a New York thing. It's just a. It's a New York thing. It's a media thing. It's a. It is. That's the culture of that crowd, those fans, that media, that city. It's a completely different thing. You you yeah. It's that's the Coliseum. You know, those that that city is is Mecca. That city is is the Coliseum. Like nobody gets out of there alive. You either bring us gold, or <laughs> we kill you. Easy, easy That's there, it. Caesar. Where we we destroy you, we will in the worst way possible. We tie you up, you know, to horses, and the they <laughs> they just. Yeah, they disem- they dismember you. That's how that goes in New York City. Well, if the fans are that brutal, are you okay with what Javi's doing? I mean, because he's not giving anybody the finger. It's not an obscene gesture. He's just giving you the thumbs down. He's saying, hey, I hit this home run, but you didn't have my back before when I was struggling, so screw you type of thing. Yeah. You, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, I mean, if you can't, if you can dish it out, you should be able to take it, right? Right, it's so as far as you know the Mets go, the um, there there's a little bit of a double standard as far as fans go because you we're allowed to boo you and curse you out and tell you how terrible you're being and yell at you and scream at you, but you don't get to do that back to us. No. Okay, you're getting paid. A billion dollars to play a boys' game, right? So, and we pay a ticket to come in 
and say whatever the hell we want. Like, that gives us license to say what we want. We don't get to throw stuff at you or, you know, treat you like crap. Well, like, we can say whatever we, we want to you. Right, we That's can where the you. license comes in, okay? But um, y- you... It, it doesn't matter what you... Say. Like, if you retaliate, thumbs down, middle finger, whatever you have cemented your place in history in that town. Well, I'm sorry. I, what, how I do guess you feel? What's, who's the worst person in Detroit that's ever, ever come to the Tigers? We're talking, I guess, you know what? I don't and think why is it, why is it, you Juan, know, Juan Gonzalez? It is Juan Gonzalez. Yeah. I can't think of a, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there's been players that aren't any good, but I've never been like I don't like the guy. Like Juan Gonzalez was adamant that he didn't even want to be here, right. and as soon as he could get out, he got out, and he left. And that is probably the only player that's ever pissed me off in Detroit sports because of the fact that he dumped on the city. He didn't like us when we were down and out, and he wanted to get out of here. And he was, and he wasn't just some average dude. He was Juan Gonzalez in his prime. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this dude's a stud for us. And he just kind of phoned it in. But that being said, like, I don't have a problem with Javi Baez doing this. I don't at all. If you, it, if the team isn't any good and you're booing him, let's say, and you're probably booing a lot of other people, who's that on? That's on the management. That's on the front office for not giving them the tools they need to succeed. Do you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't go to... You you go to a restaurant, and the food comes out wrong. You're not yelling at the waitress. She's just a lady bringing it out. You're calling the manager over and saying, what the hell is going on in that kitchen? Why isn't my food right? Why is my food cold? You know what I'm saying? That's a management problem. This is a management problem. And the fans are booing the players, and the players just don't want to deal with that crap. Right, and so I, I, I get that. It's just, this is a profession like any other profession. Yeah, sounds understandable. I get it. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on moving on? What are your thoughts on the Woodley Paul fight? I know you've been uh, you've been hitting the social media with that one a little bit. Uh, you got your tinfoil hat on. You think that it's been bought? I don't under, understand how that happened. You know, like that it. How is Jake Paul winning fights? And it's just... Well, that's it. Right. And I already want to move on from it. All right, man. Yeah, like, why is that a... why? How is somebody not punching this guy in the face? You know? Yeah, I guess that is... That's where I'm at with it, too. Yeah. Like, this dude should get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. And, And why can't nobody... Why can no one seem to do this? Exactly. And he's like, give me your greatest athletes over 50, and no one can seem to beat him. Right, right. Yeah, what, like, I, I one don't of know, these man. guys has got to just knock the kid's head off. Can I get Mike Tyson back? I, you got one Ugh. more You got one more bout in you, Mike. I would pay for that, because Mike Tyson would give no Fs. He would yeah, just, he like, would be out to kill him, and that's yeah. fine with me. I'm okay with that. Yeah, he would, he would destroy him. Just, yeah. Fight some, and he's probably out of his weight class, class or whatever. But like Mike Tyson, I'm sorry, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight Mike Tyson if he were 90 years old. Okay? I wouldn't either, because you know he's got a quick right. Oh yeah, 
Exactly. He's he would destroy you. Iron freaking Mike. Yeah. Onward. Onward. Hoffman, our guest today or tonight, is Darian Harris, yeah. MSU football. So with that, uh, Michigan a couple hours ago announced that the starting quarterback for them will be Cade McNamara, who beat out a freshman, J.J. McCarthy, five-star freshman coming in. This will be one of the, maybe the only the second in Harbaugh's term in seven years that he's actually started a quarterback that he recruited and didn't grab out of the transfer portal, which I know means nothing to you, but to me as a Michigan fan, I'm... We're gonna we're gonna lose to the Spartans this yeah. year, Hoffman. That's where I'm at with this. You're a little too excited. This yeah. this Hoff this this Harbaugh experiment, this is done. Yeah, it needs to end now. Mel Tucker has the swagger of a dude that just did a world tour and released a new rap video, and just <laughs> he's got his cigars. He is the chillest dude I've seen, and. Just on swag alone. On swag alone, I, this dude beats. Yeah, he gets. So on swag alone, State's getting ten points in that game right yep. off the top. Yep. Absolutely. I just yeah. I don't know what you do. You so. you can't do anything. I. Michigan State's just like having more fun. Like we're I'm we've been watching pressers on on. Uh, you know, Michigan State Spartans, and, and they are having so much fun. They're having a great time. I feel like they should be They're in loose. the NFL. They're yeah. loose. Mel Tucker's got them They're loose, having a great man. time. They they understand the game. They're, they understand their coaching staff. They understand the nature of play and their position. All these guys, they... Yeah, and Michigan is still hung up on what's happened in the last hundred years, well, which is not that much. It seems like it's so, it seems like there's high anxiety, high stress, and they're really tense over in the Michigan camp. And it feels like not just Jim Harbaugh is fighting for his job, but it feels like everyone is like, hey, right. even like the water boy is like, man, yeah. if we don't beat State this year, we don't beat Ohio State, I might be out of a job. Well, it's like you said, like the you said this from the very beginning of our show. The the thing that U of M football has going for it more than anything else is its marketing department. Yep, that's that is, that is the all they have. One. Right, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see how this season plays know. out. And uh, Spartans have have been more willing to talk to us. I don't know. Like, Stop! Uh, were you really rubbing this in my face now, Hoffman? Yeah, I'm just letting you know. I'm just reminding you that uh, it's it's pretty cool that we've we've gotten to talk to more Spartans. They they're so loosey goosey and cool and just I'm kind of rooting for them now. I'm they got a, that I'm they kinda, got that swagger that I wish Michigan had. I'm kind of becoming a, a Spartans fan, and uh, I'm not going that far I, yet, Hoffman. But know, Wataki, check in with me, Kentucky. I just want to hear you say real quick. Just uh, go Sparty. Can you say that? You say that for me, real quick. So coming up, just real quick, uh, wait, we're gonna. What are you, doing? you know, we're just Come gonna have on. one. This this is gonna be one big first half of the show. In our second half, we'll have our first part of our interview <laughs> with Darian Harris from Michigan State, Rose Bowl Go champion, Go Big Ten champion, and Spartan dog. Go green and white. We'll be right back with more of the Small Market Podcast. Go green and white. 
Wetucky and I have one place that we go to when we're looking for anything sports or hobby related. Curveball Collectibles in Old Town Saginaw has more unopened product, single sports cards, and supplies than anyone else in the Great Lakes Bay region. Come see Mike Wilson at 413 Adams Street in Saginaw, Michigan and browse the over 1,500 square foot showroom floor of graded and ungraded sports cards. There's no other spot like this in the state of Michigan. In fact, Wetucky, I haven't seen another place like it. And by that, what I mean is they've got a barbershop style atmosphere where you can hang around and chat with staff and other collectors while also drooling over museum level memorabilia. Again, that's 413 Adams Street in Old Town, Saginaw. And there's a lot to do in Old Town. They've got breweries, shops, art, music, record stores, and a lot of history in that area. A lot of hidden gems that no one even thinks about. Damn, I want to go right now. But seriously, there's something for everyone, and Mike has consistent events going on such as signings, trade night, and pack wars. I brought my nieces out during one of Mike's signings, and they had a blast. They could not have been more excited to have gotten their first autograph there, and they picked up some Pokemon cards too. In addition to that, they've got Star Wars, wrestling, comics, toys, and anything else you, you could possibly imagine. You name it, they've got it. Check out Curveball Collectibles in Old Town Saginaw. So this is uh this is Darian Harris from uh, uh, Michigan State football. He is the director of player engagement, and he is here on the Small Market Podcast. How you doing tonight, Darian? Great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, man. Got a first question. Yeah. Now, you were uh, you co-captain when you played at Michigan State, two-time Big Ten champion. You were there during Mark D'Antonio's the peak of his success. Um, and then you went on. Uh, you know, tested the waters in the NFL. What brought you back to this position? Did Mel Tucker seek you out specifically? How did this all kind of come about? Yeah, I mean, that's a position I always wanted to hold. Uh, even from my playing days, I felt like there was a opportunity for somebody to be in a role that really facilitated a lot of what our student athletes do off the field. And um, so I started kind of figuring out that position while I was playing here. I knew I wanted to play professional ball, of course. Um, got an opportunity to do that, but I knew afterwards I wanted to end up back in this role. So, you know, just the way college athletics works, um, people don't like to, to give up their positions, and the positions don't open up all the time on staffs, uh, especially when you have a staff as successful as Coach D'Antonio, there's not going to be a lot of turnover. So I knew it would probably have to be um, whether somebody retired and, and a full-time position opened up or next the next coach came in where I'd get an opportunity and um, I know everything kind of happened fast and, um, you know, depending on the, the way you look at it, uh, you know, you can say, unfortunately, Coach D retired, but then fortunately we got somebody as great as Coach Tucker to step in uh, as the head coach. And um, so I reached out to the athletic department, um, some of my contacts there and said, I just, you know, felt like I needed to come back home. Um, and so they got in touch with Coach Tucker, set up a meeting between the two of us. Uh, it was the first time we had ever met. And a few days later, I was signing hiring papers. So it worked really fast. Um, I, I didn't know him previously. Um, it was just kind of a word of, of, of mouth situation. He was looking for somebody to fill a role, exactly what I was uh, offering to be able to do, and ended up working out perfectly. So uh, what's it like working with Mel? He seems in a lot of the uh, a lot of the press conference and stuff, he seems he seems laid back. He seems like he doesn't get loud and boisterous. He's not that type of coach. Um, is that what he is like during practice and, and around the recruits and the players and stuff? Oh, no, completely the opposite. Um, oh. He's a incredibly energetic, fiery guy. Uh, he brings the enthusiasm every single day. I don't know how he does it every day. 
Um, he, he works endless hours. Uh, I've never seen anybody work harder than him. And uh, that that energy and passion, it, it kind of it, it, it permeates throughout the staff and throughout the team and throughout the players. So uh, he's always, you know, requesting that the players match him in terms of intensity. And that's always the, the, the challenge that the guys have day in and day out. Um, as well as us as staff, you know, he challenges us each and every day to coach these guys up um, or develop these guys or whatever your role is, do it to the utmost uh, of your ability, you know, be relentless. That's why that's our, that's our mantra. So, um, you know, just in, in, term, in terms of the office setting, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's so, he's easy to talk to. Doors always open. He doesn't micromanage. He lets you do your thing. You come to him with an idea, he's going to say, yeah, let's absolutely do it. Um, but when it comes to getting on that field and practice and preparing this team to play, uh, he, he brings it in terms of attitude and, and intensity uh, every second of the day. All right. Well, I, I also want to say congratulations, Darren. You were one of seven uh, college athletes college administrators i'm putting that correctly that was selected by the nfl uh for the 2021 college administrator committee can you explain to our listeners what exactly that entails and what kind of what you'll be doing with that yeah for sure i mean the the you know the number one goal for uh, our student athletes as you'll see at i'm sure any any college that gets them to the national football league that's usually their goal um their number one dream and that's what we want for them as well so the more we can have contact with the NFL uh, in terms of bridging that gap, uh, creating you know an outreach between them and and, and colleges, um, the better that the experience is going to be. We can send our players to them uh, more ready to go. They can also pour resources into what we're doing. Uh, and so you know it's a two way street, which is what I love. Um, basically, with this committee, you know, with, with uh, the other six. Uh, gentlemen I'll be working with as, as well as the members of the league office that are in on the committee. Um, it's all about outreach and, and opportunity and experience of uh, what student athletes go through, what they need, maybe some things that NFL can help with in terms of providing education, resources, tools, um, anything that you can think of uh, to make sure that our players are better equipped when we send them to the next level. So they don't want to have projects when they get to the NFL. And we certainly want, we'll take as much education and resources as possible. So it's going to cover a wide variety of different topics, you know, off the field development, as well as on the field development, um, things stretching from financial literacy all the way to what scouts and GMs are looking for when they're drafting, a, you know, a, a junior that declares early, you know, it's going to cover every single thing you can think of in terms of um, getting our student athletes ready to go to the next level. So definitely humbled, honored and excited to be on the committee. Uh, I think we're going to do some great work uh, on that committee and uh, I can't wait to uh, get started. Now from everything you're explaining, sorry, Hoff, I'm jumping no, here. Okay. It seems like it's kind of like a, a safety net for, like you said, you, you mentioned like a junior that commits early and stuff. Instead of just throwing them out there, you're in this profession now, figure it out. It kind of looks like it's creating a safety net. That's got to be a good, uh, a good recruiting tool, I would think, right? To be able to tout that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've, I've been there. Um, every player that comes to our program has that feeling when they get in. Your, your goal is to make the National Football League, and we don't shy away from that. Um, you know, even my role with, with player development, you know, and, and and engagement and alumni outreach and all of that, you know, I don't necessarily touch the on the field. So everybody assumes that, you know, what I'm doing off the field is, is getting them ready in case they don't make it to the NFL, and that's just not entirely true. We, we talk about one track of success. Uh, it's not about having a plan B. You know, you tell a kid to have a plan B, you're already killing their dreams. So we don't even talk in, in those types of terms 
Um, and it's always, you know, uh, fun when I ask a recruit how many times has somebody told you to have a plan B if the NFL doesn't work out and they all raise your hand and I say, well, you can get that out of your vocab now because we don't we don't talk like that. Everything you're doing to get ready to, to get to the NFL is on the same track of success that's going to make you successful in life. Uh, and so when you kind of use those terms and and now you can see that, hey, our player development guy, he's not just – you know, looking at your resume and getting you on LinkedIn. He's actually on committees with the NFL. He's talking to every single scout that comes to practice um, about getting our players there uh, to the NFL. They realize, like, that's that's still the number one goal, and everything you're going to do to get ready for that is still going to prepare you for life and being successful in life. Cool. Yeah, that's, cool. that's awesome, Darian. I was going to ask you a question about that as far as, like, what is your your role as far as director of player engagement look like? You answered that pretty well, but if you want to go into that into depth about that a little bit more, because that is it's a pretty broad, um, a pretty broad role. Uh, yeah, it is. What, you yeah. know, are, are you on the sidelines? What what's going on, man? What do you what's your day to day look like? For sure, so it changes every day. Um, and I think somebody asks me this question every single day, like, "What do you do?" And I love answering <laughs> sure. it. I give a different yeah. every single day. Like, cause it's based on, you know, whatever the day was pretty much. Um, but that's what I love about it, you know, and I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the crux of it, the, the overarching uh, point of the of the role is to run the, the, our player development program. So we call that the overtime program. Um, and, and that's our, our program where we challenge the guys and, and prepare them for life after football, you know, and that's the main thing that player development means. So it starts with the onboarding when they first get into Michigan State as either a freshman or a transfer um, you know, a week of, you know, hour meetings with myself um, and also Coach Lorenzo Guest uh, is our director of player enrichment and our associate head strength and conditioning coach. He does player development with me, uh, making sure that they are knowledgeable and understand what we do here at Michigan State, who they need to go to if they have problems, whether it's housing, whether it's, um, you know, meals, whether it's, you know, school, you know, who, who, who's, who's your point of contact there. Um, making sure that they're good to go in terms of their housing, making sure they're comfortable away from home, um, making sure they know what being a Spartan dog is about, understanding the culture, all of that. Um, and then we meet with the freshman and second-year players once a week after that. So that's a mandatory meeting for those guys once a week. We call it keeping it real. Uh, we just talk about life as a college as a college student, college person, college athlete in general. Um, like we had our, we had a meeting today. And uh, so our, the main crux of the meeting was talking about school starts on Wednesday. So what does that mean for you? You know, make sure you go to class because we're checking classes. You know, we, we check every single class. So make sure you're going to class, um, go out and explore and meet people today. A lot of people on campus today, go meet somebody, go talk to somebody. Um, you know, here's how tutorial is going to work, you know, those types of things, just making sure that they, if they have any questions, we can answer them, you know, here's how you get to your class, walk, you know, yeah. take the bus, you know, I don't know where my class is. Well, you better Google the campus map, you know, stuff like that. So it's a, it's a two way street of, Hey, here's resources for you, but also you're an adult. You got to figure some stuff out on your own. Um, and then it just, it, it, it flows throughout their entire time here at Michigan state. So um, facilitating internships, career development, career services, financial literacy, life skills, public speaking. Um, we're doing media training uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, get, getting all the guys outfitted in suits, community service, community outreach, civic engagement, uh, getting the guys registered to vote. Uh, and then it again, it it's, goes through the NFL process, um, goes through getting them a career. 
uh, and then it transitions outside of that. Outside of that, also, um, I'm also president of our football players association, so I do all the alumni engagement and outreach. So then it comes full circle, and it's about bringing the players back on campus. You know, events we can have for our former players, making sure they're involved with what we do, um, making sure they're coming to games, talking to recruits, all those types of things. So um, I, I get my football feel also. You know, I get you know, yes, I get to be on the sideline, get to travel to every game. Um, you know, definitely get to, to observe in that regard. Don't get to coach, you know, per NCAA rules um, as much as I would love to. You know, got to bite my tongue a lot of the time. But um, I can still, you know, offer my two cents here and there just about my experience as a player here playing at the highest level. So I get the best of all worlds, um, get to have fun with our creative team, get to do voiceovers on videos. Um, you know, we did a, I did a sit-down interview with Coach Tucker for Black History Month. Um, you know, any idea I have, uh, I can pretty much bring to life. And again, that's why, you know, the, the job changes every day, which is what I love about it. Wow. That's awesome. I love your role in, in the team, Darian. That's, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I, now as far as the game goes, uh, the, there's no preseason games in college as a player, yeah. describe the feeling like, uh, like, do you want to get out there and hit somebody or is it does are there times where it gets a little too intimidating where you're like uh, somebody else get in there and and do the work you know what do you yeah, what, for, what's your thoughts man no i think that's a great question um i mean it depends on the, the, the player you know it depends on the experience they have um we talk about it all the time you know we we have mental training and, and mental coaching and um we, we talk about you know, there's actually a, there's a fear of failure, failure, but there's actually a fear of success also, you know, and that's an interesting, um, you know, idea to think about, you know, how could you be afraid of going out there and having success? You know, some people actually have that, you know, sure. what happens if I go make this play? Well, now people are going to expect me to do it again, Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> exactly. so you can go out there in your first game ever and you don't know what you're doing and you make a couple plays. Now, all of a sudden it's expected you all the time. And uh, so that that can mount. So we talk about pressure, you know, pressure being a privilege. Um, we, we talk about, you know, that fear of success and overcoming that. We talk about neutral thinking a lot. That's our main thing. Just taking the facts of a situation and uh, applying whatever you need to apply to the situation. Uh, it's not about being positive. Just don't be negative. And then we just talk about the fact that this is why you're here. You know, you're here for, for this experience. You're here because you wanted this opportunity. Um, and, yeah, we, we actually talked about that a lot of, in camp. You know, we don't have preseason games. You know, the only thing we have is scrimmages, but you're hitting each other. So sometimes, when, especially once you get to this point, it's like you go out there and make a play. Is it because the offense already knows what defense is going to do? Defense knows what the offense is going to do. Did the offense just have a bad day? Did the defense have a bad You don't know. So you're always looking forward to hitting somebody in a different color. Uh, which is what we get to do this upcoming Friday. Um, and, you know, I think that's where I can step in also. You know, I don't have to worry about game plan and um, X's and O's, but I can approach from the mental side. You know, hey, man, just go out there, do what you do. You'll be fine, you know. Or yeah. you made a bad play. We've all done that. We've all, you know, missed a game-winning play here or there. Life goes on. You know, we've all lost a game for our team. Life goes on. So I can relate to the guys in that regard, and, and, and uh, I think it helps out a lot. That was our interview with Darian Harris. He was absolutely amazing and just, yeah, a true gentleman. 
That was one of the better interview interviews I think we've ever had, right, Wataki? I say that about every interview. No, no, this but that was, was actually really, really good. smooth. Yeah, that yeah. was really smooth. Uh, got a lot of information out of him. I learned a lot myself, actually, because I wasn't really sure. What does a guy that's a director of player engagement do? In, you know, yeah. Well, what exactly. is your job there? Yeah, no, he. That was as smooth as a white claw from. The, God, no, I'm sorry. Bless yeah, I, it, Hoffman. They're not paying I, us. They're not paying us yet, are they? No. Even if they were, it'd have to be a lot for you to go that way on me, <laughs> just to get all wild like that. Darian was was super cool. He, we had a lot of um, like <laughs> Zoom issues again. Yeah, we had we had some technical issues. And uh, like as soon as we started in, it was he was perfect. He was mm-hmm. awesome. He acted like a pro and made us feel like pros and answered all of our questions. So, what was what was your favorite question out of that whole ordeal, Wataki? Did you have a favorite favorite? Um, I don't know that I had a favorite, like, but am I putting something on you? No, you're not putting nothing on me. I don't know that it was a favorite, but I. When he was kind of just going into, when you asked him what his day to day was, I liked oh, yeah. that, and I liked yeah. his answer and stuff, and I was like, wow, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into that. Um, from a fan standpoint, um, we're so hard on these players and stuff, kind of like the Simone Bile thing where she took like the time off uh, from mental issues from the Olympics, and like a lot of people couldn't wrap their heads around that, like fear of success he was talking about as well as fear of failure and stuff and all these things that go through an athlete's head um and he's kind of there to to help with that amongst the many 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 other things that he does i just thought that was a good question and a really good answer and it was very insightful i i enjoyed that you know uh, from a fan from from a dude that watches football on saturdays and sundays and you're yelling at the tv when your favorite team ain't doing well you know, sometimes you don't stop and think of the human level of all this. I mean, these are just student athletes. And his role seems pretty involved. Very, so very I, involved. Yeah, that's that's something that, like, you really have to, um, I don't know. He 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 gave us a, a lot of insight as to what his role looks like, what his position on the team looks like, what... You don't just get hired on to Michigan State football for no reason. You know, you have to have something to give or something to offer. You have to be a man of good character. You have to be exactly successful both on the field and off. Uh, right. I mean, he's basically a role model to all these guys amongst all the other things that he does. Well, and I wanted to say, Wataki, we didn't play this up enough, and we really could have. He was The man was the captain— you know, for uh, and that, that was something during the like, peak times of the Mark D'Antonio era. Exactly, that was something I kind of like alluded to during one of our questions because I thought maybe it might lead into him talking about being a captain himself. Mm-hmm. But um, being a captain on on a Big Ten football team at any point in your, in your career is is that's that's an honor. Yeah, that's a huge honor, and um, is it was really cool to get to talk to somebody. That was the first captain of a a Big Ten football team that we've gotten to talk to, mm-hmm. and we've had almost a hundred shows here. Yeah, right? so um, great guy. He was very generous with his time and um, gave us a lot of insightful information. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of looking forward to uh, watching Spartan football from here on out, right? Uh, yeah. It, well, it gets me hyped up for college football. I don't know that I would say. Gets you hyped up for Spartan football, doesn't uh, it? I'm, right? You're not. You know what? You're not going to get me to do that, Hoffman. <laughs> you're not going to get me to say it. Can't wait to see that uh, first game on uh, September 3rd against Northwestern. That's a, that's well, a big game, man. That's in prime yeah, time. We're going to be watching that on ESPN. I will, I'll be watching. Yeah. On the four-letter network. Oof. So, yeah, yep. absolutely. Anyways, it, did we have anything else we we wanted to mention? No, I don't, I don't think we got anything we want to plug. But the Etsy shop, check that out. Got shop. our apparel there. Curveball Collectibles, we always want. Our sponsor, yep. yep. Flagship sponsor. Yes, exactly. They, they're they um, they're really pushing a card score, and we hope to get an inter- interview with somebody from card score here in the we next week or so. We are working on them hard to yes, try and get somebody exactly. to come on. They're really, really busy guys. They are, they're hustling them, hustling themselves, so... It's all over be, the country, yeah, so exactly. So it's it's kind of tough to get them on the show and get a little bit of time with them, but we will in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I that's just a, a hit back to Curveball Collectibles. Mike Wilson at Curveball has been unbelievable with his time and, and showing us how that whole thing works out. And uh, and it's part of the show. Yeah, exactly. If you you ever need anything in his store or on eBay, uh, Curveball is an is an awesome spot to check out i've gotten some really really cheap stuff or like some really great collectibles off of his out of his shop and his ebay ebay shop um for prices like hundreds of dollars less than what i deserve to be paying for josh allen stuff lamar jackson Derek jeter all kinds of stuff Check out Curveball Collectibles, Mike Wilson. They he will help you out for sure. So, anyways, that is our show this week. Wataki, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Nope, I'm good. We will see you next week. Thanks again for tuning in. That is the Small Market Podcast with your host Wataki Hoffman. That's how the sports ball goes. Go green and white. You've been listening to the Small Market Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, send us a message at smallmarketpodcast at gmail.com, or get more behind-the-scenes writings from Hoffman at smallmarketpodcast backslash blogspot.com. Music for the Small Market Podcast has been provided by the 8-Arm Killer.